It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast talking real estate around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple and of course wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, another weekend, tell you what, there's not too many weekends left before the end of the year. The weekend has arrived, it is a Saturday and the second day for December. And coming up in just a moment, we have of course the Saturday morning property market update. We look back over some of the property news, the leading stories over the last uh, seven days and some of the activity around the UAE. It's been another busy week. Has there ever been this year in 2023 where I've said, gee, it's been a very slow week? I don't think so. The whole year has just been so crazy with activity. Willem in Seattle in the US, thank you for your email. Great to have you as a listener. You say that you are moving here in the new year. You wanted to thank us for all the insightful pieces of valuable information that we're giving you. Thank you for that. And you also said that you are working in the electrical machinery space and that you're setting up a new business in Dubai and also buying property as well. It sounds like you are going to have an incredibly busy 2024. We love finding out where our listeners are listening to us from, and if you would like to let us know where you are listening from, our email address, dubaipropertypodcast at gmail.com. That is dubaipropertypodcast at gmail.com. It's the Saturday morning property market update. Join us for a deep dive into the world of real estate on the Dubai Property Podcast. And it doesn't take long for that to come around from week to week. And we are talking to a couple of uh, real estate professionals, Matthew Gregory and Maddie Ward are joining us this morning. And Matthew, one of the big talking points this week, we were talking about this with Mario, is the launch of this new island and the new island still doesn't have a name of course it's attracting casinos there's a lot of hype there's a lot of activity around this one yeah i think as you've said there you know it's attracting casino brands is i expect to be the right phrase at this moment in time there's no uh, official launch of the word casino on the island yet but i think that at the moment you know we're we're still waiting on bated breath here and whether there will be sort of gaming on this island i can only imagine there will but you know from a from a dubai government position to launch this to have these big brands so I would imagine that, you know, gaming will follow in the not too distant future. Let's see. Now, just for those people that are outside of the UAE, Matthew, perhaps just sort of set that up in terms of the location and where geographically it is. Yeah, sure. So it's going to be just off the coast of Jumeirah, which is where the Burj Al Arab is. So the world's only seven star hotel. So just down from there. So the Burj Al Arab is also on an island. It's not unusual to have casino brands from, say, Vegas to set up shop here for a hotel. But yeah, it'd be fairly central in Dubai and not, not a million miles away from the likes of the Palm Jumeirah, which clearly, you know, most people know. 
Yeah, as Matthew says, the Caesars Palace has been here five years now. I think their expectation was that we're going to get their gaming license. They haven't. So they have now left Dubai. It is the elephant in the room, I think, like we say, we've got these big brands that are, you know, well known for the position they have in Vegas coming to Dubai, but still no confirmation one way or the other. You know, the government haven't said they will have their casino licenses, but they also haven't said that they won't. So I think that's the big question mark. I was looking at um, some forums the other day, kind of just general opinions about it. It doesn't seem a hugely popular idea at the moment. The artist impressions do look impressive, but I think some of the questions are, you know, what is it going to do to the traffic in that area? What's it going to do to the skyline? Obviously, the Burj Al Arab is very iconic. It sits along that beach. Um, so this is going to be just a little bit further down. It will affect that skyline quite quite massively. And, you know, what's it going to do to tourism? Is it going to change the holiday styles and the people that travel here? There's a lot to be seen, I think. And what about your friends, Maddie? Is this something that people are sort of uh, excited about, particularly maybe that sort of 20s, early 30s? Are, are people sort of saying, hey, this is going to be fantastic for us? I don't think so, <laughs> no. Um, it's, I want to be excited about it, but I don't think I am. I think when you think about Vegas, it's a very different type of travel experience. You associate it with the gambling, probably the partying. I think Dubai at the moment offers something else. So whether that change is a little bit for the better or the wor- or worse... I don't know. I But no, like I say, I want to be excited about it, but I don't think I am. <laughs> okay, you want to be excited, but you're not quite there yet. So maybe when the, the build starts and the the hype it really sort of ramps up, maybe people will buy into it a little bit more. All right, let's have a look at COP28, which started on Thursday, Matthew, in Dubai. It runs until the 12th of December. What's it all all about if you're asking yourself, well, it looks at climate change with world leaders arriving into Dubai for the environmental conference. How is Dubai performing with its environmental initiatives, given that we are hosting the event? So what do you think, Matthew? Yeah, I think that COP28 is, you know, it once again puts Dubai on the global stage. I think we've had the King of England, King Charles III, come in and do one of the opening speeches. Yeah, so, you know, National Day celebration at Expo City today, that's huge, right? I actually live in Expo and they're closing all the all the roads. Going back to what you said around the environmental impact of this conference, I think the opportunity, the whole globe really, to get behind this conference in a in a city like Dubai, which some may see as a, you know, it's, it's built on oil, which is a fact. But at the moment, they really are spearheading sort of the environmental approach, especially to the likes of, of building and sustainability, focal point of how they wish to move forward with property over the next, what, let's call it 15, 16 years. Quite frankly, this is the first time I believe it's been held in the Middle East. And given that, I think that COP will certainly give everyone another feeling, especially for the property market, right? which given the people coming in, the transient nature of this city, another chance for people to feel that actually they might wish to come to Dubai, buy property, lease property, and give us another injection of people wanting to actually be end users and set up their home here in Dubai as we go through the next 24 months, I'd like to think, but certainly into 2024. 
Yes, so it's definitely going to be a busy time through until the 12th of December. And you mentioned 2030. Matty, on Tuesday, Saudi Arabia was awarded the 2030 World Expo. Of course, Dubai knows this event only too well, as Dubai was the last host. Now, how did this help change the property landscape of Dubai, and what will it do? do you think to help Saudi Arabia as a result of hosting 2030 World Expo? I think it'll be interesting to see how it helps Saudi. They're, you know, very new to the global stage in terms of tourism. Um, Certainly trying to make the same gains, I think, that they've seen in the UAE over the last few years. When we had Expo 2020, which ended up being 2021, here in Dubai, they recorded more than 24 million visits to the event. It lasts six months. It'll be interesting to see what Saudi do over the next seven years to kind of draw in the same level of attraction and, and we'll see what they do. I think as the country starts to open up that a bit more, you know, six years will be a massive amount of time for the country to really get behind what is going to be another global event for Saudi Arabia. Let's look at just what it did to the property market here. I mean, on the launch of Expo back in 2014, the property market went absolutely gangbusters to the point when the government jumped in and changed a bit of legislation to slow it down. But I think that, you know, as Saudi uh, gets gearing up towards 2030 and the launch of Expo, yeah, that country is going to change again from where we are today to no doubt where we will see it in uh, six years' time. Yeah, and there are so many property developers that are really going gangbusters at the moment in Saudi Arabia. And here's a question for you, Maddie: Has Dubai reached the top of the market when it comes to property, or is the peak behind us? Now, many people are commenting on what the market is doing right now and where the real estate, the local real estate market, is heading for next year, for 2024. Now, some people are suggesting that the property market still has a way to go, including the odd billionaire. So what are you hearing out there? Yeah, I think we've still got a little way to go on this. Looking at the statistics, comparing them back to the last time, so 2014 when we reached this peak, it's it's different this time around. Prices were shooting up last time, you know, kind of 2-3% per month. At this time, it's been more gradual. It's happened over the course of three years at a much more sustainable rate. Matt mentioned the steps that the government made last time to kind of slow it down, get it back under control. They're not showing any signs of trying to manage it in that way this time. You know, it's the demand is there. They want to keep the demand there. They're you know, we've got targets in regards to increasing the population. So, yeah, I think we, I think we've still got a way to go. I think 2024 will still see increases, probably at a slightly more kind of slower controlled pace. But I think we've still got a way to go. Yeah, so we'll just see how that plays out, of course, particularly in Q1 of 2024. And Maddie, if you had more money than you knew what to do with, when you bought yourself a mansion, how important do you think would be a view of the ocean? Or would you forego that view of the ocean for seclusion and privacy? Because this seems to be a growing trend and the billionaires really really want the the privacy over the view. So how is that playing out with the types of units that you are dealing with? 
Yeah, there definitely seems to be this increase in demand in the villa community. I think that's it's probably for a number of reasons off the back of COVID. Obviously, a lot more people were spending more time at home, working from home, um, enjoying their family time and their peace and quiet. So we're definitely seeing this level of demand in those communities. We're not seeing such an increase in the new builds over there. Um, the developers still seem to be focusing largely on apartments. So it'd be interesting to see if they pick up on that over the next year or to and start focusing more on those kind of units. Yeah, indeed. I don't know. You know, if you're if you're mega wealthy, giving up the the ocean view seems a bit seems a bit funny to me. But let's go from ocean views, Matthew, to the quantum leap that Dubai is making in real estate technology. This is quite an interesting one. Talking about the the blockchain. Now, some people listening to the podcast might be just starting to nod off and yawn when we're talking technology and blockchain. It is really cutting edge in terms of what the sector and what the property market is doing in this space. Do you know what? You're absolutely right. And I think that, you know, the use of blockchain in property transactions is something that's only going to grow and shift the move away from, in some instances, paper, which people are still using when it comes to property, right? I'm selling a house in the UK currently. And, you know, a lot of what I'm doing has to have a wet signature. You know, that's not easy when the property is being sold in the UK and I'm in Dubai. So it just delays everything when I have to get stuff sent over and then and sent back and it's expensive and couriers. If we had blockchain to be able to facilitate the property transaction now, it would just cut down a lot of effort. And I think Dubai is leading that with its blockchain reconciliation and settlement uh, strategy in order to ensure that actually real estate transactions are done as quickly as possible. I think we're forecast to do 130,000 real estate transactions by the end of the year, 130,000 of a population of about 3 million. When you're doing that number of transactions, you have to find ways to make it as efficient and as quick as possible. And I think that Dubai knows that they have to lead from the front with this, which is why the use of blockchain is something that I think Dubai will lead. It will be groundbreaking. I think the platform that they're looking to to, uh, to launch here will be something that the rest of the world, certainly the property world, will stand up and take note of because when you have to do a wet signature, it just slows everything down, as I know all too well. Now I'm going to ask you a question that everybody that is listening is just really dying to hear, (laughs) including myself. What is a wet signature? (laughs) So a wet signature is when you actually have to use pen on paper as opposed to something that can be sent digitally on a, say, a a PDF by DocuSign. So a wet signature, I suppose in, in old terms, means a fountain pen, wait for it to dry. Not quite that, but you have to physically sign it as opposed to digitally sign it. Okay, so yes, it is definitely making life in terms of the blockchain and the wet signatures, etc., a whole lot easier. Hey, Matthew, thank you for coming on to the Dubai Property Podcast this morning. Have yourself a fantastic national day. Thank you, Craig. All the best to you and see you in a few weeks. And likewise, Maddie, have yourself a great day. Thanks, Craig. You too. Explore new property destinations where you could live with exclusive interviews covering real estate news and market insights. We cover everything on the Dubai Property Podcast. Is the market, though, slowing down in terms of what you're seeing? What do you think? 
For me, Craig, uh, short answer, no. We did experience a drop of almost 24% compared to October last year, if we're talking about total transactions conducted for October. Uh, however, the decline was primarily driven by a significant drop of 57.2% in off-plan sales, could be partly due to Russians slowing down as well. But secondary or ready properties, on the other hand, actually seen a 29.5% increase in sales. They're talking about these branded residences, expect to double with their supply by 2030. Dubai has a very big appetite for this, and I don't know whether it's because of the diversification of nationalities that actually reside in Dubai, or literally because it is a global city with the whole world's eyes on it. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.